Welcome into another episode of the Dads in Timeout Sports Show. This is your boy Jesse Williams, aka J Will. And today we got a pretty good show for you guys. So this will be the first show that I've actually shot off of my computer on Audacity and then recording at the same time off my cell phone with this cool little podcasting kit that I have. So this will actually be uploaded both to my plat- my podcast platforms and onto the YouTube page. So how about that? So I waited to cover some of the NBA games because we've been, uh, the, the playoffs have been going on. And so I was thinking yesterday about how I think about series and how I think about how different announcers and different analysts per se like to overreact too early in series, right? So let's say that Team A beats Team B by 50 points. I do not think that is a proper time to overreact because it's one game. Yeah, they beat them by 50. And even if you see the holes in that other team's game, it's like, oh, wow, they can't stop them inside. I have seen way too many times where teams do not play their strengths. Teams get over, uh, they get cocky. I don't know why I can't think today. They get overconfident. That's the word I was looking for. And then they also just make dumb decisions and so then, it, and then, so then the series might go two-two. So hold on once. And so then I see teams that will go up 2-0. But we've seen this season the Clippers go down 0-2 and win both series. We even saw the Clippers go down 0-2 and then have to go on the road and win the series. So there are two instances where really I think that a series can be over. So number one would be when a team goes up 3-0. 3-0 lead, I think it's pretty safe. You do have the 2004 baseball example of the Boston Red Sox and the New York Yankees with the Red Sox coming back from 3-0, but it's super rare, especially baseball is one of those weird sports because pitching staffs and the, the games almost don't seem the same game to game, whereas in basketball, you kind of figure some things out if you've got a 3-0 lead. 3-1 is a difficult one because I'm a Cavaliers fan. I have seen the Cavaliers come back on Golden State from a 3-1 lead. It doesn't happen very often. You've seen in the playoffs, uh, Golden State was down 3-1 to Oklahoma City, which is how they got Kevin Durant. And so it happens. But 3-0-3-1, because usually there's there's this crazy statistic that like 75-80% of teams that win Game 5 in a 2-2 series go on to win the series. Well, obviously, it would have to be 2-2 because if it was 3-1, then the team that won Game 5, well, yeah, that's not true. But if the team was up 3-1 and they win Game 5, they would win 100% of the time. And so I think that we have two series. Actually, I know we have two series going right now. We have the Bucks and the Hawks, and it's 2-1 Milwaukee. And then you have the Suns up 3-1 on the Clippers. I want to start in the West because this is what has happened with this team, the Los Angeles Clippers. So it started off last year with Kawhi Leonard going to the Clippers after everyone thought he was going to the Lakers and he flirted with the Lakers and whether or not that was his plan all along to try to string them along and then wait for the Clippers to get Paul George. Well, anyways, we know that Kawhi and Paul George went to the Clippers and people like Skip Bayless were like, hey, Kawhi's back. This is going to be the championship team. And then they load-managed. And Doc Rivers was still the coach. And then they have a 3-1 lead on the Nuggets and like a 17-point lead in the closeout game. And they lose the series. 
So all summer, people crushed the Clippers. People crushed Paul George. Kawhi Leonard didn't get it as bad because he has those two finals MVPs on his resume. So it's like, hey, like, oh, oh, wait a minute. Kawhi is able to have a bad playoff series and it be okay but you know LeBron not so much right but when LeBron has the mantle of the best player in the world then that's the responsibility that comes with that we don't treat all the other superstars the same I digress and so then coming into this year they're like okay so they got rid of Montrez Harrell they got they traded Lou Williams later on they brought in Luke Kennard they brought in Nicholas Batum they brought in Serge Ibaka who's now hurt for the playoffs and they, they traded for Rondo, and they played Patrick Beverly less, and now they're down 3-1 in the second round. And so, it's just interesting, like, so, so what do they do? Now, obviously, Kawhi Leonard got hurt in Game 4 of the last series, and they still won. I think that's more of an indictment on the job the Utah Jazz did than on the Clippers. Now, you found out some things about this team, though. Number one, you want to keep Terrence Mann, for sure. Like, you have, you have found the diamond in the rough, and that was Terrence Mann. Now, they may have already known that he was their diamond in the rough, but we found out in this series, that's Terrence Mann. You found out that Rondo was a one-year experiment, and this, this all depends on if the Clippers do not come back, obviously. So if the Clippers come back and win, because after round one, people were talking about if they lost to Dallas, they were going to break this team up because you don't put this team together to lose in the second round and then in the first round. And now we're in the second round, and you have that built-in excuse, Kawhi got hurt. But you have to ask yourself, what's Kawhi's history been? Now, I know he was healthy last year, per se, and I know that he's a beast, and he's a top 10, in my opinion, player in the league right now, regardless of his load management. But I, Steve Ballmer has to be looking at this series and being like, okay, what do we do with Paul George? Because Paul George carried them for many times in that Utah series, but we know Paul George is really a number two. Like, he has the offensive... Like, I hate when these analysts on ESPN are like, Paul George was always better suited to be a one on what kind of team? Yes, he has He has a number one skill set. And I think what they're trying to say is that Paul George's decision-making becomes less when he is asked to have to make a decision and be like, oh, no, I'll let the other guy take her in a route. So he becomes more timid, where if he's a number one guy, he kind of has to do it. But then we saw... Someone on Twitter made a good point. Dude shot 18 free throws and had like 20 points or 23 points or something like that. He was 1-9 from 3. He didn't have it. And I'm sorry, I don't believe that there is any way the Clippers are going to win three games in a row. I just don't. Chris Paul can smell the finals. And listen, the last two games, Chris Paul and Devin Booker have shot like dirt, for lack of a better term. They've shot like you-know-what. They have not been able to, and, and they won that game, and they were still in the game before that. Now, I know L.A. made a run to close it out, but they have no answer for DeAndre Ayton, none whatsoever. DeAndre Ayton gets 10, 11 points every first quarter, and that's with Zubach actually playing pretty well, so the Clippers have to decide, because I think Kawhi Leonard's going to come back. I just think that the money's there. I think he likes it in L.A. He, he's the man. He doesn't get the super criticism. But you have to decide, what. Like, are you going to run this back with Kawhi and Paul George? Because what I think you need is shooters and a true point guard around Kawhi Leonard. That's what I think. I think you need an actual, like a Chris Paul type. I don't know if those exist anymore. But you need a point guard that can run the offense. Because now they're having Paul George run the offense. They're like, he's point G. And I'm like, yeah, but he's not really built for that. Like, he does an okay job, but he's not a point guard. He That's just not... 
Like he made some really good passes. And this isn't just a bag on Paul George, but it's it's like when the Sixers were putting Joel running their offense through Joel Embiid, and when I get mad at the Bucks, and we'll talk about in the next series, running their offense through Giannis at the top of the key. It's like that's not what their games are built on. So what are we doing here? So. And that's kind of my thoughts on that. I think that Steve Ballmer is going to move on from Paul George. I just don't think you can run this thing back the same way. You're not going to fire Ty Lue. Ty Lue has done everything he can do in this series. And Paul George misses clutch free throws. And the Clippers, like, people try to tell Skip Bayless this all year long. They're the worst team in the clutch. Calling him and trying to tell people all year long that this is the worst clutch team and one of the worst clutch teams in the NBA and like the worst clutch team in the playoffs. Like these things actually do matter. And so I just think it's interesting when people just act like these things have no bearing and like they just don't mean anything. Like these stats are accumulated over the entire season and it takes their clutch rating in the fact and you're just like, okay, like we see what happens at end of games. It's when they don't have a true point guard who sets everything up now, which is really funny because the Clippers will run offense at times where you're like, wow, this is the best ball movement in the league, minus maybe like the Jazz. And then they just revert back to your turn, your turn, Paul George one-on-one. And we're going to get to that with another team that does that that happens to be winning their series. And that is the Milwaukee Bucks. The Milwaukee Bucks are the most frustrating team in the playoffs because I almost feel like they should be up 3-0 in this series. But they're not. They're up 2-1, and there's still another game in Atlanta. Now, Trey Young stepped on a referee's foot and hurt his ankle. He still he played the rest of the game because he's tough. And I don't think – this is what I worried with about the Hawks, is if Milwaukee gets their game rolling, who else is going to answer? Like, who – like and yes, Herter and Gallinari, who I missed on my last podcast. I didn't mention his name. But Gallinari, Herter, Bogdanovich, uh, John Collins. You've got Solomon Hill. And I'm sure I forgot somebody else who I didn't mention. I mean, Clint Capella, Trey Young. So that's the Hawks, like, players that are playing in this series. And then they have that backup center whose name I ain't even going to try to pronounce because I don't want to butcher it, my guy. So, yeah, it's, it's one of those things where I feel like that the Hawks just, their only answer is for Trey Young to be absolutely dominant. And it's a lot to ask of a guy that's 22 years old on a bum ankle. And so it's it's going to be interesting to see what happens in the rest of this series where are the Bucks going to get comfortable? Because last night, Chris Middleton had 20 points in the fourth quarter. And people on Twitter were like, why does Chris Middleton look scared? It's like, I don't think he's scared. I think that he, he's a number two that sometimes has to be a number one. But Giannis, if Giannis plays the way he's been playing, he shot a couple of dumb threes last night and made a couple of dumb fouls because he always has dumb threes and dumb fouls. But if he gets the if he gets to the paint and gets to the basket with that length, he can euro step and then he can go at a guy and then move his arm out to avoid contact or a block. Like he he can do things with the ball because of his length and size that most other players in the league can't do, which gives him an advantage. He's actually very skilled near the basket. He has touch near the basket. The dude just can't shoot threes, and you're going to have to live with one out of two free throws with him and hope it doesn't come down to a clinching game where you need, like, hopefully he's not the guy because, you know, in the last two minutes of the game, you can't just foul him off the ball to put him on the free throw line like in the last two minutes, it actually has to be the guy with the ball, or it's like one shot in the ball, and so you're not you're not making that trade off. 
But yeah, Chris Middleton went nuts. I still, I watched a lot of the Bucks in the playoffs, and I and everyone likes Drew Holiday, and he plays really good defense. But it's like, where's Drew Holiday on offense? Like he gets to the paint, and then he kind of just gives the ball up, and he's good at cherry picking. But like, I mean, okay, he's better than Eric Bledsoe. Like we can we can say that he's better than Bledsoe for sure. He's an upgrade from Bledsoe. But like, this was supposed to be the big jump, and then I realized. With the Bucks, I was thinking about this walking around my job yesterday because that's kind of what I get paid to do. Is that they don't really have real heat check guys. Like the Hawks have Gallinari, they have Bogdanovich and Herder. The Bucks have Chris Middleton, who's more of a scorer who got hot from three last night. They have Pat Connaughton, but where's their like, hey, where's their Kyle Korver? I'm not saying he has to be good as Kyle Korver, but where's your Danny Green? Where's your guy that comes off the bench and he just shoots threes? Like, where's that dude on this team? Where's that guy where it's like he knows that I'm in the corner and I'm going to shoot threes? And maybe they don't need it to win this year's championship, but here's the deal. If y'all out here looking funny at LeBron's championship last year in the bubble, then y'all are going to have to look funny at this year's championship because of the injuries. Now, I'm not going to look funny at it. I'm going to say, hey, these things happen. Players get hurt in the finals, and the two teams left are the two teams left. And so, but in this year, it's going to be one of those with the condensed season that LeBron fans, not me, but other LeBron fans, are going to say this thing doesn't really count because AD was hurt and LeBron was hurt and Kyrie got hurt and James Harden got hurt and Kawhi got hurt and Murray was hurt. You know, we just named, like, a lot of really, really, really good players. Joel Embiid played on a torn meniscus. Trey Young now has a high ankle sprain. Donovan Mitchell had an ankle sprain. Now, ankle sprains, I don't, I don't, I don't take ankle sprains as much as I do. Like, because, see, like, like, Kyrie's injury, he stepped on a foot, or he got his foot stepped on. Trey Young, or no, no, he, he, he stepped on someone's foot that was, like, in his space or whatever, right? And so he's he stepped like he stepped on a foot, and then Trey stepped on a foot. LeBron was hurt coming into the playoffs on Solomon Hill diving for the ball, which I still don't understand that play. But that was months ago. Like we, we good, you know. And so it's one of these things where they can blame it on the condensed schedule. And if like somebody in the NBA Finals, if the Clippers don't make a comeback, or if Atlanta doesn't win the series, is going to play in the NBA Finals and the Olympics. So it'll be between Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday, and and then the and that's for the Bucks. And then the Suns have Devin Booker that is committed to play for the team. So that's going to be an interesting twist. But if Milwaukee plays the way they're supposed to play, this series should be over in six at the most. I mean, I, I think the, I, I think the Hawks can win another game. But Milwaukee is killing them in the paint. It's not even close. Bobby Portis is putting up double figures. And that's and, I'm, and that's not a shot at Bobby Portis. I think that Bobby Portis has played well. But that's just, that's just talking about the advantage that they have in this series. And so... Like, really, we should be gearing up toward a Buck suns final. But, 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 but. Chris Paul said it best. He hasn't had the best of luck with 3-1 series. And then on the other side, Milwaukee has the makeup and the components to blow this series. So 2-1, I'm going to follow my rule. I don't. Now, this series, if Trey Young's, if Trey Young is, 
limited in any capacity, I think the series is over because they don't have another guy that can carry that team. They have good players. They're not scrubs. They're just not I can carry you players on a consistent basis. So if Trey Young comes back and can operate on that ankle at 90%, then it's still a series because I, I totally will follow my rule and wait until this series is either 3-1 or 3, or it can't be 3-0. So if this series goes 3-1, then I'll probably pronounce the Hawks dead. But they'll still be breathing. They won't be fully dead. The Clippers, I think, are dead-dead. I If you're telling me that Paul George is automatically going to be able to carry the entire team for three straight games, because you can't ask Terrace Mann to do that. You can't ask Reggie. And Reggie Jackson... Reggie Jackson has been a guy I haven't really enjoyed watching my whole career for whatever reason, but he is so good in the playoffs now. Morris Morris Sr. is obviously hurt or something because he's not playing the way that he's capable of playing. But in this series, it really looks like that Reggie Jackson is going to get paid by somebody. And you know what? It's one of those where it's not like, oh, he got hot. No, like the way he's getting to the basket, he's playing defense, he's hitting threes, he's hitting free throws. Like he pretty much has been their offense at times. So this isn't one of those like you're going to overpay. Now, it could be a situation where you overpay him in another spot and he doesn't have that same tenacity that he has. But if the Clippers pay him, like he's earned every dollar of money increase that I think that he he deserves, that I think that he has done everything in his power to lift this team. And unfortunately, Paul George gets butterfingers at the free throw line late in games. Now, I know a couple of those obviously were misses on purpose. And I need to say this. And I talked to a buddy of mine at work about this. And I am not the guy, like, I hate the people on, I don't say hate, I don't hate anybody. I don't like it when people on Twitter are like, the announcers are going for the other team. They're not rooting for my team. Oh my gosh, they're so biased. Everybody hates us. Because every fan base that isn't in a major market is like, oh, everybody hates us. No, they just don't respect you because you have never done anything, right? Like the Milwaukee Bucks have an NBA championship. They're not in a big market. Yeah, they drafted Kareem and they kept him for a while. Right, the Cleveland Cavaliers. Oh, they had LeBron. I mean, it's still a small market. It doesn't matter that they had LeBron. They sucked. They drafted him. He left. He came back. Like nobody made him go back to Cleveland. Like he decided to go back there. Right. Um, Oakland was not a huge market, even though it's in California. Golden State has three of those chips. Three. See, now I'm on video, so I can I can I can do hand motions and stuff. Right. So I hate that. But, 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 but. I was watching or listening to ESPN radio because I don't have cable TV and sometimes I like to like stream the game. However, that is, that's none of your business, but like because of the internet quality at where I live, it doesn't always work. And so I had to listen to the game on ESPN radio, which sucks because I can't really get a visual, but I've always liked ESPN radio. First off, listening to the Bucks game. I was like, man, like when the Bucs beat the Nets in game seven, those announcers are like, well, and the Bucs just advanced to the Eastern Conference Finals. It's like, just go ahead and blatantly say how disappointed you are that the Nets didn't win. Like, be a, be a little unbiased. Like, and maybe you're not. Maybe you were tired and have been an emotional game. But now the Suns-Clippers game? Like, Doris Burke has been – I've been a huge fan of Doris Burke, and I'm still a fan of Doris Burke. So, Doris Burke, if you ever listen to this, I'm not taking a shot. I'm just telling you what I heard. 
and what I heard was someone that took every opportunity to make sure that they praised the Clippers. Now, at the end, Doris Burke did give Chris Paul and the rest of that team, especially DeAndre Ayton, credit. But it's like, man, I'm listening to these announcers, and it's like, do y'all want the Clippers to win? Is that what this is? Or maybe it's one of those they like their job so much that they want this to go seven so they keep covering. So if that's the case, cool. But let's be a little unbiased here. Like, they were just heaping praise on the Clippers, and it's like, bro, like, who wins, who wins? Like, I get that if it's a local broadcast. Yeah, you want to root for your team, blah, 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 all that. But, dude, I, I don't want to listen to ESPN Radio and be able to tell, like, man, y'all really don't want the Milwaukee Bucks in the NBA Finals, do y'all? Like, I don't care if y'all want to go to better cities. Like, listen, if, if we get the Bucks in the Finals, we still get Giannis. We still get Budenholzer, who will be pl- provide plenty of storylines with his non-adjusting. And so I think that we can go ahead and be safe to say that no matter who we get, I think it's going to be a good finals. Like, yeah, I'm a, I'm a LeBron fan. So I would have loved LeBron to make the finals. But you know what I also like is uh, variety. I'm not going to say parody. I don't like parody where it's like one team's good, then they suck, then it's just up and down and up and down. Like, listen, people complain about parody. Why don't you? Why don't your franchise get their act together, right? Because the New England Patriots were garbage for a long, long, long time. People don't realize this. The Patriots went to the Super Bowl in 85 and got smoked by the Bears. No one heard about the Patriots again until 19, into the mid-1990s when they hired the right coach, Bill Parcells, and then they went to the Super Bowl, and they, they were still good. They went to the playoffs a couple times, and then they got smoked by uh, Brett Favre and the Packers. Then Bill Belichick takes over, and they have a dynasty. And you could say Spygate, and you could say Deflategate, and you could say all that, but they, they, did many, they did a lot of things right. And you Twitter heads are just going to be like, nope, 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 they cheated. Nope, nope, they cheat everything. Every time that they had the ball, they were offsides and, and, and all the safeties were, were running across the line of scrimmage and hitting people in the head and the Patriots do nothing but cheat, 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 cheat. And it's like, I'm not talking to you. I'm going to look in the camera and I'm going to tell you, I'm not talking to you because you don't look at things objectively. So yes, they got punished for Spygate. Yes, but there's so much more that goes into games, but I use them in the San Antonio Spurs, okay? Oh, well, I'm a Miami Heat fan, and they turned off the air conditioning in game one in the NBA Finals, so LeBron James would cramp up. Like, okay, cool. Like, if you believe in ghosts, holla at your boy. Whatever, we can talk about that offline. If you believe that, if you believe that, I got some beachfront property in Idaho, I can sell you. So my point is, is that people complain about a lot of this stuff, but I like I don't want parody. I want variety. Like I like these new superstars getting a chance to shine without being overshadowed by a LeBron. Now I'm not saying that means I'm happy he and Anthony Davis are hurt or any of that. Like I want everyone to get better. I want all of them to make their money. I like when the NBA is interesting. You know what? I was a Cavs fan, but I was tired of seeing Cavs Warriors. Especially since I knew we was gonna lose every year after 2016 because it's like, dude, they got Kevin Durant. Like. I respect Kevin Durant so much. And that's something else I want to get into in a minute. So my thing is like all these announcers that are like wanting the Nets. Like, yeah, because this was the year that we had dynamic duos. The super team was gone. It was like we had a duo in Portland. We had a duo in Milwaukee. We had a duo in L.A., in both L.A.'s. We had a budding duo in Boston. We had a duo in Phoenix. And then... We had a duo in Brooklyn with Kyrie and KD. Then all of a sudden, they're like, hey, we now listen, I am not mad at the Nets, the team, because if you have a chance to get James Harden, 
and you want him, go get James Harden. It was a trade. Like, it's not rigged. It's it's how it works. You, you match salaries. You trade draft picks. You trade your future, and you go get a future Hall of Famer in James Harden. But it kind of put a damper on the season because, like, man, we actually had, like, what it looked like, and it kind of still was true, five or six teams that could legitimately make it to the title. So at the beginning of the season, before they went and got Harden, I was like, the Nets could make it to the finals, the Celtics, before I knew they would implode. So I had Nets, Celtics, Sixers, Lakers, Bucks, and Clippers. I had those six teams that I thought for sure. And then even then I was like, okay, if everything folds right, and Dallas makes a trade there and there. The Nuggets, don't count them out. Don't count Portland if they get someone on their team that can play some defense. And, of course, that didn't happen. And so now we have what we have because, you know, Harden went there. But they lost in the second round. Injuries happen. And so I think, I mean, Kyrie and KD in the finals. Like, KD played so well in this series. And it was great. And I love seeing the old vintage KD dropping 46. But you can't ask that dude to play 48 minutes. I said there was something that I wanted to talk about. And now I forgot because I'm scatterbrained. There was something that I mentioned that we were going to get to. Um, I know I was kind of going off on people on all their uh, fandom and all that. Uh, Oh, I forgot what it was. Let me take a quick drink real quick. So I'm not really sure. There's... Something that I was going to cover, but I can't think of it. I'm sure that it had to do with something. So anyways, we've talked about the Hawks and the Bucks. I I think I picked Milwaukee to be in the finals from the beginning of the playoffs. I did not pick the Suns. And the Suns are worrying me because they came out really hot. But ever since Devin Booker put that mask on and Chris Paul came back, the series has been different. So I'm still going to pick the Suns to win. I picked the Suns to win this series at the beginning of the series, I think. I don't know if I put that on record. If you can believe me, you cannot believe me. I don't really care, but I like your support, so thank you for listening. Um, And and a lot of times, guys, like when I'm pointing at the camera and I'm saying certain things, it's in jest. It's in fun, right? So it's not one of those, like, I'm not just, I don't, I have so many people that follow me on Twitter, that follow this podcast on Twitter, that are subscribing to this show, that are hitting me back with feedback, and I'm supporting them. And so, like, I love the support so much. And you guys have been completely awesome. It's been awesome interacting with you guys. And so, I think that's what this is about. This is a good part of Twitter. I complain a lot about Twitter when they restrict my followers, blah, 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 all that. But the opportunity to network with people from different parts of the country, whether it's Youngstown, Ohio, or the guy that went to Valparaiso or people in Vegas, people in LA, people in just different places around the country where New York, I mean, places I've never even been before. And then we can, and I, I don't know how many of y'all out there had never been to Arkansas, but we can network and we can support each other's podcasts and platforms. And I think that's just a really beautiful thing that I wish Twitter was more about. Like, I wish we kind of just had our like sports Twitter where like the toxic people weren't there and just us creators and real people who like to interact and not be salty all the time could engage. But sometimes you need, and, and here's here's my point. Sometimes you need the salty people. Sometimes you need the people that are out there that don't have a life and that only see things through their team's lens and they and do their own filter and they're in their own echo chamber. Sometimes you need those people to uh, my, my computer screen went black. I was making sure it didn't turn off. You need those people because sometimes, I ain't gonna lie to you dudes, 
I could talk all day, every day. But when you get in front of a camera, when you get behind a mic and you have to talk about something for an hour and we're down to a round of the playoffs that only has two series going on, I could get into baseball, I could get into football, but I'm trying to save the football thing because for football season or like right there before football season, but sometimes you're scrolling through Twitter or you're on Facebook and, or you're just talking to somebody in real life and they say something either interesting or dumb or super biased and it's like, hey, I can talk about that for at least five minutes. One of my greatest rants ever was just based on a question my buddy asked me, do you think people should be able to go to sporting events and say whatever they want to players? And I will address that once again, heck no. Well, you can. But, I mean, you can also go to a sporting event and, you know, throw a beer on somebody and sucker punch him and then get Sons and Ford. That's going to be a new thing, Sons and Ford, right? I ain't justifying violence. But if you throw a beer on somebody and then you sucker punch him and then he didn't even beat that dude up that bad, right? I know I already talked about this. But when, when I saw Sons and Ford guy, Nick, I can't remember his last name, but when I saw his interview, I was like, okay, like, I, I feel like I'm on the right side here. Because knuckleheads are out there. Knuckleheads are out there to think the entire world is against them. Let me break it down to you guys. The entire world don't know you and your 250 followers on Twitter. And I'm not like, okay, yeah, I am taking a shot. And I'm taking a shot because of how you act. Like, if you were just a normal person that acted right and you had 250 followers, cool. Like, it ain't about that. I've only got 2,400 something. So it's not like I'm out here with a check mark. But... I'm out here to really interact and like have debates and discussions about this stuff, sports, life, whatever. I stay away from the politics because y'all can't act right. But like those kind of people that act right, I love having conversations. Me and my buddies disagree all the time, but you gain a new perspective. But closed-minded individuals who just think that the world is against them and is attacking them all the time. Like the world don't know you, bro. It's like my buddy used to always say, it's like your hood. Uh, I went to your hood and they don't know you there. Um, because people always out here claiming to be stuff. And I just, I feel like we missed the boat on that. Like we just, we spend so much time trying to prove something or be something than just being about it. You know, a lot of people out here, like I was like that way. I'll, I'll, I'll say that I was that way about this podcasting stuff. And then I wasn't putting in the work and, and I have a built in excuse. I have a almost eight month old son who's teething. And so they actually all left and went to Texarkana. Shouldn't really be telling y'all where they're going. But they went to her doctor's appointment. They're probably going to do some shopping. So they're going to be gone before I go to work. So um, there's the rest of the kids are upstairs. And so I'm just down here recording this. But just remember, people, that life isn't all about you. And it's not all about me. It's all about how we treat each other. It's all about what we're supposed to do in life and for me it's all about jesus you know his sacrifice on the cross and so that that's what keeps me grounded because i know i'm not perfect i'm called to be perfect but i'm not perfect and trying to uphold that standard and like just be that kind of person where if someone were to be like hey man why are you that way and i could be like let me introduce you to somebody uh in the bible and so i try not to be a hypocrite but i do think that it is important to call and that's why I don't call people out by name, because I don't know these people in real life on Twitter. And a lot of times it's not even my followers. It's like somebody that retweets their thing, then I see it. And I have to also understand that maybe 
people don't always know what they're watching. See, I don't really... I like to talk to people when it comes to football, right? And when we when when they break it down the plays, I never played football, so I kind I'm I kind of know what I'm looking at. But my buddy's like, oh man, like the safety drops down here, and then he stands here, and like based on this formation, you know whether it's going to be a run or a pass. And I'm like, this is why I sucked at Madden because I didn't know how to do all that. Like I, I understood like the safety near the line of scrimmage or the safety back, you know. And, and kind of how that works. But you can kind of see guys in basketball and they start making these trades and it's like, bro, do you understand how the game operates? Like, do you understand why certain players don't play well together? Like football, you it's like a wide receiver, just it's scheme, right? Do you fit the offensive coordinator scheme? But a quarterback and a wide receiver and like and maybe just based on arm strength. But like in football, like you can play with anybody because – like you, the quarterback drops back, and then the guys run their routes, right? And so if they can't play well together, it's more based on scheme. Like this guy's not used to it. And basketball, it's like, bro, Russell Westbrook has to have the basketball, and Chris Paul has to have the basketball, and then Harden and Westbrook play together. But they're two really ball dominant guys. Now, it worked with KD, Harden, and Kyrie, but they only played eight games together. Well. Harden, we found out, and we had seen this before, actually can be a number one point guard. Like, he was taking, like, eight shots a game, ten shots a game, and then Kyrie was doing his thing, but because Kyrie and KD are boys, like, boys for real, like, they're real friends off the court, it works. And so these guys are able to play off of each other and for a common goal. But if you just have two guys, like, Russell Westbrook has given no indication his entire life that he is going to change how the way he plays basketball. Whether you think that's great, whether you think that's bad, it's a fact at this point. Like, he's just going to be that player. So he has great parts of his game where he plays really, really hard every possession, but sometimes you need to kick back and survey the situation. So my point was, was about people on Twitter not knowing what they're watching. They're like, yeah, man, you just put, like, Dame Litter and Russell Westbrook on the same team, and it's like... And then, and then they say that they say stuff to me like defense is overrated, and it's like really, huh, huh. Let's see the two teams that were in the NBA Finals last year, Miami and LA, seem to prioritize defense as a culture, right? Like that's why they hired Frank Vogel. That's why the Miami Heat have kept Eric Spoelstra for so long. Like that's why the Nets did not like that's why the Nets should have won that series in six games because they did not have an answer for Giannis because there was nobody on the roster that should be able to guard him and KD did a really good job the best he could but if you just look like so sports is all about matchups right but anyways I have to run this has been fun I like this whole doing the podcast with the video it's a little distracting so if it was a little off I apologize but I hope you guys enjoyed Um, this has been another episode of dad's in time out This is the Dads in Time Out Sports Show, your host, Jesse Williams, a.k.a. J. Will. And until next time, I will see you guys later. Peace.